Hello, and welcome to Bangers, the video game podcast about games and witchy shootings. Good games, bad games, and mad games. This week, we get off our horse and drink our milk in Call of Juarez, Gunslinger. Cowboy game, boy. but <laughs> it's a cowboy game. Tells me the facts about the cowboy game. Cowboy, cowboy, cowboy. Call of Fire's Gunslinger is a first-person shooter developed by Techland, published by Ubisoft in 2013. With an average Metacritic rating of 76.6. It's a cowboy game. Game about cowboys. Cowboys. It's not the cowboy game. No. um, It has some of the same problems as the cowboy game, I feel. Um, But we'll get to that. Yeah. So, Call of Juarez Gunslinger is... It kind of has like a comic book style to it. It's got this tongue-in-cheek grindhouse cool. It's really appealing. And if you enjoy games just for their aesthetic, it's really attractive. Um, It isn't necessarily pretty but it definitely has style and it's very cohesive in what it's trying to do. I thought some of the levels that took places in mountains qualified for pretty video game, but like your average Wild West saloon wasn't that pretty. I suppose mileage may vary on what you depend on what you think is pretty. Um, I guess having played a few Western games, it, it just feels like, more of the same, which is not necessarily a bad thing because you don't get a Western game every other week. So if you're starved of uh, of Westerns, then it's it's good looking, it's thematic, uh, and it's got its own style as well. It's a nice change from sci-fi corridors. It very, very much is. Video game. So Silas Greaves, he's your protagonist, and I really liked him. He's the narrator for the game he's unreliable um he and he's very changeable as well like he has a liberal uh a liberal distortion of facts i'd say and he can't remember some things so it's <laughs> it can change things up on the fly basically you can be going down a path and he says oh there was uh there was 10 guys down there and then someone else would pop in and say, well, hang on, in this book it says there was 100 guys and then suddenly there'll be 100 guys. So the framing of the game is that Silas Greaves has rocked up to a bar in 1910 and in the bar there's a bunch of people who he tells a story to. There's a man called Steve, there's a man called Jack, there's a young man called Dwight and there's the bar lady who is called Molly. Yeah, and they get involved to various degrees in the story. Like um, the kid, uh, the younger character, he's really into all the stories. He's buying all the comic books and things like that, um, uh, the dime novels and stuff, and he's really into all the stories. And it 
it's quite cute, like how they all jump in and they change things as, and they interrupt him as he's telling his story. So the stories themselves change and the mission structure changes. I, I don't think it went anywhere near as far as it could have done. In many ways, looking back at it, it's kind of a missed opportunity. But whilst you're there, it does sort of feel like this fun little ride through this old man's fading memories of what he used to get up to. There are a couple of really fun moments. Um, there's the one where the older guy, Steve, falls asleep and he just changes the story. So suddenly there's a bunch of Apaches who are attacking him <laughs> to see if uh, Steve is still paying attention. And there's a point where he goes to the loo and the other characters have a chat and you just have to carry on walking through like the same room over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very cute, and like the adventures themselves, like Silas's adventures, they're not really all that deep, but they do pit you like against some of the Wild West, like legendary figures. So if you really love like American mythology and Americana, this is really like quite a nice little put together piece. It's very pop. Like, it's not deep in any way, but it really does the job thematically. And again, as we said, it's the relationship between the characters in the bar that really bring it all together from a story perspective. Rooty tooty, point and shooty. James, what are the guns like in Call of Juarez Gunslinger? Uh, they range from pretty decent to not very good. My note is the um, guns are fine. Hopefully James has a lot more to say about the guns. <laughs> so shall we start with what I think is the worst gun? Um, I honestly don't know what the worst gun could be, but go on. Well, I think the worst gun is the sawn-off shotgun. Is it because if the target is more than two centimetres away from you, it is pointless? Um, no, it's worse than that. It's because you have a fairly powerful melee attack, so the use case for the uh, sawn-off shotgun is just not there. Yeah, um, agreed. Like, it sounds good, and when you do happen to be in the very rare situation where it will do damage, it, it's got quite powerful effects, but... I sort of feel like that, I feel like that with every single gun, like, it, they sound quite good, and seeing, because it's so stylized, seeing the gore effects and everything fire out, and, you know, there's a the nice, like, black line around everything... So you, it feels really stylized. It's got that B-movie grindhouse feel. That's kind of cool. But after a while, that can't carry what feels like very boring weapons. Like None of the weapons are all that special. There's nothing interesting, I'd say. You might disagree with me, but there's nothing interesting about any of the weapons. They're just so standard. I also didn't like the regular shotgun. Um, no. for the same reason as the, the sawn off and I think we have a big um, bee in our bonnet about shotguns don't we we tend to grade yes. an entire arsenal based on how good the shotguns are yeah um, an interesting thing about the weapons in general is that there's some skill trees so there's the three skill trees one of which is revolving around shotguns so I didn't put much into that yeah there's the um, the gunslinger one, which is all about having pistols and two pistols, uh, which I put quite a lot of points in because I quite like the two pistol 
style. It was it was a nice, satisfying run and gun. I have opinions about the skill system. I don't think there should have been one. I think that you should have had all the skills from the start. The game isn't long enough for it to really make any sense for there to be a deep skill system. And it just feels like delayed gratification. It just feels like it's... There's no point. There's no point in the game stopping you from having all the toys. It's not long enough, and it's it it's not deep enough. Like, they give you what if they gave you all the toys from the start, it would have at least allowed you to play around with everything from jump and test and try out all the different uh, bits and pieces that you can play with. I kind of disagree. Okay. But not for a particularly positive reason. Okay. <laughs> which is, I felt that the... I mean, some of the skills are really powerful, but they're really powerful in a sort of you are 5% better now way. Yeah. So I never had one of the skills change up how I was playing. It just... I was 5% faster at reloading now. Yeah, I suppose my... My argument would be that that end state of being a badass with all of your passive bonuses, you should have just had that. And because the skills aren't that interesting, and because the skills aren't that game-changing, all it really does is add delayed gratification on you being the end game character, and you never really feel, because of the small increments, you never really feel like you're getting anything from the skills anywhere, so what's the point in them? I thought they were fine, but completely forgettable. Yeah. Anyway, what are our other guns? So the other guns we've mentioned are the... There's the pistols. There's technically three types of pistols, but only one of the types is different from the other two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're Old West revolvers, and one of the types reloads a little bit quicker, but does slightly less damage. They are three different types of vanilla, basically. Um, they're quite fun to use, like when you're doing the run from cover to cover and sort of spraying down the corridor or into the street. They, uh, they do make you feel like the character. I think there's... Yeah. I'm maybe too harsh on the pistols. They do actually add to the theme, and that is a big bonus for us. We've talked before on other episodes, like... If a gun can help sell the fantasy, then I think that is a net positive. And whilst they're not immediately interesting, they do help sell the fantasy. Yeah. And there's also the rifle, which is uh, a rifle. I used it <laughs> yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> I, felt like, I felt like the rifle was functionally good, so I used it, but it wasn't really that interesting. It just meant that I could do things quickly. I think this game felt quite good to me because it does the thing of it has powerful one-shot weapons. Yeah, you can clear a room reasonably quickly. And I always feel like having a, a powerful one-shot per click weapon is more satisfying than basically all of the more rapid-fire guns. The The gunplay itself, it's... It's it's arcadey. It's very arcadey. It's very much like click and it's dead. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's very very fun. 
I suppose my only issue is that the things I'm actually firing aren't that interesting. So after a while, whilst the moment-to-moment gameplay feel is good initially, it has nothing to progress it from that feeling. Like there's there's no big surprises. There's no um, interesting interesting other flavors to play with. It, you're you're just stuck with the same type of game feel from start to finish. If if you're not interested in it from the from like jump, then it doesn't get any better. It just is the same, and I I sort of got bored of it quite quickly. I didn't feel it overstayed its welcome at all. It um, it's not a very long game. I finished it in a little bit over four hours of game time. Yeah, it's not long, and I think that does lend itself. I again, I think I'm being a bit too harsh because I only really got tired of it maybe in the last third, but it did feel like it was dragging at that point from a gameplay gameplay wise. I was interested in the characters. I was interested in um, in the story, and that's what kind of kept me going. But I'd really lost a lot of I wasn't finding it fun anymore. I think if it had been an eight-hour game, I'd agree with you, but at the time that it is, it, it in no way overstayed its welcome. There are some elements that are not great, but the actual moment-to-moment gunplay never really got old. Okay. We shall agree to disagree. Rooty tooty, point and shooty. So the gameplay, James. Tell me about the gameplay. What did you like? What didn't you like? So we've already covered it in Rooty Tooty, but I actually really enjoyed the sort of fairly high-powered run-and-gun shooty. <laughs> you like the Rooty, the Tooty, and the shooty. Yeah, I like the moment-to-moment regular first-person shooting. It... Yeah, it's explosive and stylish, so I, I can I can certainly understand. And if you're not a cynical asshole like me then and you you try and find joy in the world <laughs> then I, I can understand why uh someone would really like it um should we talk about the bit that we didn't like so much so there's two bits i didn't like and there's one bit i know for a fact you didn't like so what's the first bit you didn't like so this game is a western so of course you've got to duel and not in like the oh, Yu-Gi-Oh God, sense of things. <laughs> James has put his head in his hands. <laughs> um, yeah, they just weren't fun. Well, like even even when they walk me through walk me through it though. What is a duel? So, for some, but not all of the boss enemies. After you've beaten their minions and you've cornered them, you might have had like a running gunfight with them. You have a duel where you both stand and you're you're reaching for your gun, but you haven't drawn it yet, and so's he. You've got to keep your targeting circle over his like body or head. It's like a weird bouncy reticle. To... Yeah. And you've got to keep your hand like in a position where you can quickly draw your um gun on pc at least this was you've got your mouse controlling the reticle and then you've got a and d moving the gun and it's just not the it, the the hand isn't responsive enough it would probably feel a lot better with a with a twin stick controller but see this is bizarre because first person shooters objectively are more responsive with the mouse and keyboard is that fair to say 
there are first-person shooters which are designed to work on consoles better, but yeah. Yeah. So it, in in standard, it is easier to uh, to get that precision um, aiming with a mouse, and yeah, that's fine. I played this game on the PlayStation Three, and I found dueling piss easy. However, I went after James said that it was hard because James is better at video games than me. So if he thinks something is hard, then I'm probably doing it wrong. Um, I went and played it on PC, and it was a nightmare. It was so hard. It's it's not just that it's hard though. It's it's inconsistent in how difficult it is. It's yeah. So like the first one killed me like three times in a row before I got it, and then there's. A really easy one afterwards. I don't know what it is. I think he's just programmed to be slow or mm. I just happened to do well that time. And then there's like a really hard one and it's not consistent in how difficult they are. They don't ramp up. They're just like some of them are hard arbitrarily. There are a number of Western games, which I suppose we'll talk about Western games as a whole in, in a moment. But there are a number of Western games that try this dueling mechanic and then I've never really felt like it's it's worked out all that well. Like I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone that's done it particularly brilliantly. I know Red Dead. I, I think Red Dead might be the um, the best example of it done somewhat well. But even then, I'm 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 not sold on it. What do you think of it? Well, whenever it came up in Red Dead or Red Dead Two, I'd sort of sigh and go, "Oh, this again." <laughs> I suppose the other thing we should mention is that the frustrations come if you want to duel honourably. You can just pull out your gun and shoot them dead immediately. Yeah. Um, Rendering the entire thing pointless. I I mainly did try to duel them honourably, but I'm not sure why. I think it's because I thought it might affect the ending. Yeah, I, I felt similarly... Um, I don't think it does. <laughs> and this, But this goes into the other thing of I felt like this also took away from the core gameplay and that's the other bugbear that I have which is the quick time events. I think they're completely pointless. Like this game has quick time events. It's an FPS and the QTEs are just shooting enemies in which you one shot all the enemies and it, it would have just been better to play these segments like yeah you you one shot like three to five enemies and the punishment for failing is that you have to shoot them normally yeah and i am not anti qt at all like i think qt has its place in games but this just felt like a gimmick um it detracted from the moment to moment experience and it was it, it was fun it like as a concept but after you've done one it's like okay so this is this has a very low skill ceiling, so I, I'm just being robbed of actually playing the game at the moment because all this, <laughs> all the QTEs are is just the actual game done for you. It's not like you know Nathan Drake jumping off a train. It's not. Mm. It's not a Sora's Wrath where you know you're punching a finger poke from the sky that's going to destroy the planet. It's. It's not a set piece. It's. It's just the game that you're not allowed to play. I agree that they're pointless and don't really understand why they're in the game, but they never bothered me that much because they're, like you say, quite easy and also they don't really affect 
how that like the punishment for failing them is basically non-existent most of the time. The punishment for failing them is actually good. It's better to fail them because you actually get to play the game, <laughs> which is bizarre. So, they're they're in no way the worst QTEs I've ever encountered. They're not like. Oh, you've got to be button perfect on this like ridiculously hard QTE to progress. Bad. No, they're they're just pointless. They they are easy mode. It's reasonably hard to screw them up. But if you do screw them up, then you are rewarded by actually getting to play the game that you bought. Yeehaw! Um, I quite liked the. I did quite like the combo system. Um, I tried some of the score attack mode. There's oh yeah. A, there is an arcade mode. Um, the arcade mode is you just play through the levels from the single player and it puts enemies in front of you. Yeah, the, the combo system's cool. It's um, If you played a game like Bulletstorm, then you might understand it. It's not. It's nowhere near as deep as Bulletstorm. Like, it, it doesn't scratch the surface of what Bulletstorm does. But it is kind of nice how you can be like, you know, headshot that guy, hit that guy in the nuts, and it's you, know, you get this combo going because you're always being scored as well. So... It adds a little bit. It adds an extra layer to what I perceive to be reasonably dull gameplay at at times. It adds an extra little wrinkle that means that you're not you you can't really be so critical, or it adds like just that like, a little extra in there. I quite liked. Um, I got really into it, and which is something I normally don't do with this sort of gameplay. Yeah. To the point where I was doing things like. Okay, I'm going to approach this encounter from this direction, and I'll shoot that pumpkin to keep my combo going. I'll shoot that barrel because that'll blow up three guys, and that will give me a load of points, and also keep my combo going. Yeah, it is kind of funny how you clear out a bar, and then you're oh my oh no, I need to keep this combo going. So you're just shooting all the glasses on the bar, and then you're rushing out to find the next guy, and it it does feel like from the minute you start firing your gun to the minute the chapter ends, you are just constantly firing and you're just constantly, you know, trying to find something to shoot. And and that as well, it distracts from the gunplay and, and the fact that the the um the weapons are quite limited because you're just constantly blasting things. It is a big stylish action film ride. There is a snake in my boots. Can we talk about westerns? We're going to need to think of some kind of... I think you're going to have to say yee-haw or something like that. Oh, please don't make me say... Please don't make me do American accents. I can't do American accents. I think you are at some point going to have to record you going yee-haw. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, I think that video games have a problem with Westerns. Oh, yeah? Which is that... How many people tend to get shot in a Western film? Like, mm-hmm. a regular Western film? We're, we're, not, we're not counting, like, ones where the army comes and does a genocide. Okay, so I suppose that's an issue with Westerns, is that they don't tend to have much of a problem with uh, massacring, you know, 20 natives. But usually the death count is surprisingly small. Um, there'll be a big blowout at the end where they clear everyone out, but... The Western itself is is small. It's compact. It's, I mean, a lot of um, a lot of westerns are getting to know these uh, these small characters in this big vast world, and then they uh, 
you know, they expire, but and it's the I suppose the sadness of that. But yeah, the death count tends to be, I, I guess, smaller than you know, smaller than what you might expect. So, like in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, there's like the really tense fight that lasts for minutes, where they just mm. stare at each other and then he shoots him. Yeah. There's a battle in the middle, but he's not really involved in it. Yeah. The Civil War battle. Yeah. And there's a couple of other gunfights, and then there's the bit at the end with the noose and the Clint Eastwood looking moody. Yeah. There's others like battle at the um, gunfight at the OK Corral is a good example of one of the ones that ends with a gunfight where lots of people get shot. Well, even if we take a modern example, we take the modern example of... Um, did you see Slow West? No. So that's a really good film. I definitely recommend it. I think it might still be on Netflix. So if okay. it, it's it's a really, really great film. So it's a um, it was re- released maybe a couple of years ago. And it is just fantastic. It is a really interesting little Odyssey um, story, Wild West Odyssey story. That typifies what a Western is, is these interesting characters, these chances, these desperate people and what they're willing to do to survive. Death in Westerns tends to be a tragic event because it's the death of someone's ideal or the death of someone's dream. Western films present often present the idea that life is quite cheap and life is quite easy to take away, but they're also quite reserved about actually following through with that. They won't just take life for taking life's sake. Like uh, death can be a punchline to something, but it's not just used on the whim. It, it's, it's special, like death is a, a meaningful thing in this sparse world. So how many people did you shoot in an average level of this game? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I might have killed an entire state. <laughs> you shoot like 100 people in some of the levels. There's one where you go on a machine gun and it's like a World War One battlefield. I think we did this when we first played Red Dead Redemption, which I think is a game that yeah. we both absolutely love. But we once sat down and I think we calculated NPCs in the world and it would have been something like 10 times the amount that would have possibly been in the state that it's supposed to simulate or any state that it's supposed to have any vague simulation of. So you kill 10 times a populace in that game. Yeah, it's it's not it's not something that's unique to this game, and I think this game sort of has a an out in that you've got the unreliable narrator. So of course he's going to say he uh, he was mowing down outlaws. Yeah, instead of you know I had a tense encounter with a guy. It's I he turned up with fifty of his friends and I took them all out, which I suppose is an out, but it does to your point. This genre does have a a bit of an issue with how it's presented through video games. Like, I can't think of a a Western game off the top of my head. Um, you might be able to, uh, where this is uh, this issue doesn't occur. Um, I think the tactical stealth shooter Desperados did it quite well. Okay. Um, but that's a tactics game. 
if we're abstracting the genre, uh, then obviously Steamworld Dig and Steamworld Dig Two, obviously best Western games ever. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, in the shooter genre, this uh, westerns tend to you kill a lot of people. We do not get many examples of the western genre in video games. I think it's because what they are is quite big and quite expansive. So to do them as we would understand, as to do them justice, they'd have to be these big sprawling epics, which is why you get Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2 being these behemoths of video games. Yeah, I think this game... You either have to go for the Red Dead Redemption model where you've just got an enormous scale to the game world. So yeah, this this game does quite a lot of work with skyboxes where you'll be in a mountain pass and it, will, it sort of feels like being in a big expansive wilderness area, but you're actually on a fairly narrow corridor. Gunslinger gives you a nice flavour of a western world. It doesn't necessarily give you the expansive um, experience of uh, drinking in this uh, new frontier that the Red Dead games do, but like, and it's a storyteller telling you a story, and it's um it's different. It's novel, especially in a genre where you don't get many games from. Where is my money? I want to talk a bit about the ending, but I also okay. really want to talk about the bit just before the ending with the ghosts. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. Okay. So this is a this is another gripe. So I'm going to let James go for this because I know this is something he wanted to talk about. So James, the ghostly floor is yours. So I didn't I, I didn't actually particularly get tired of the moment-to-moment gameplay, but it's got a last level where he's talking about like how he's gone through all his vengeance and he's gone to track down the last guy um, who wronged him in the past. And then he talks about how he, oh, he's gone to this ghost town and he's being attacked by the ghosts of all the people he's killed. And it's foggy. Like, the game world is foggy. And all of the enemies are ghosts. So they look foggy. And there's loads of them. And you'll fight basically every named character. And, yeah, it just it wasn't a fun experience. It's annoying. It's just annoying. It... it... It failed at being thematic because it was just annoying. And it's got quite a cool like setup in the in the background where all the other patrons of the bar think he's had a bit too much to drink and he's gone into a mad old man rant. Yeah, ghosts! I'm haunted by the ghosts. But actually he's trying to like out someone, but yeah. But the actual gameplay in here is not fun. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. I liked it quite a lot. I feel like I did. I liked it. I, I do have issues with it, but we don't get many Western games, and it's always nice to jump into this world. It's really cheap, or at least I found it really cheap. I have owned this game for I don't know how long, and only played it for this. Yeah, uh, well, I same. <laughs> so, but it is reasonably cheap, or it comes up like quite cheap sometimes. Yeah, and it's easy to get hold of if you want. If you like westerns, 
if you're starved of Western gameplay and you don't want to sink a bajillion hours into Red Dead, this is a really good get. I don't think it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. It is certainly not perfect. It has flaws, but mileage may vary on that. But yeah, it, it's, it, it does the trick. It does the job. If you want a short Western adventure, then Call of Juarez Gunslinger is pretty cool. And it does the the thing of playing with the medium of video games that are like. So this is the last game in the Call of Juarez series, and it it comes after a game which a lot of people really, really, really didn't like for pretty diverse reasons, but also very fair reasons. I I can't remember which internet critic it was who described it as offending anyone with a pulse. <laughs> yeah, it's um Call of Juarez the Cartel is a poorly slapped together game. Um it doesn't really have it doesn't really have much interest in its DNA. It's just offensive, it's racist, it's it's got a lot of issues and it's not fun. By any stretch, please don't play Call of Juarez the the cartel. It's it, it's just rubbish. It's it's a poor video game. Would you agree? I've never actually played it because other people told me not to. It's bad. It is very bad. It and that's I've not watched videos about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. Do yourself a favor if you're interested at all. Just go and watch some videos about it about why it's bad. Um, if you want to play it then more power to you if you want to finish the Call of Juarez series but uh, yeah it's uh, it's no good um, and this was regarded uh, Gunslinger was regarded as a little bit of a return to form and in many ways like a, a really strong capping off for the series that had been quite damaged by its previous entry yeah, I do hope they make another Call of Juarez game because we are starved of Western games and Call of Juarez did prove throughout its life that it could um it could display some like Western chops. So I really, really hope that someone um that Ubisoft bring back the license. It'd be really cool to see another one. So I am quite definitive on what this is. So what sausage is this? Call of Juarez Gunslinger is a posh sausage roll. It's tasty. It's got a nice kick to it. But you can't hide the fact that it's kind of also a beige snack. Nothing wrong with a beige snack. We all enjoy a beige snack. But that's what it is. And we have to accept that. I was going to go with something quite similar, but maybe a little bit more thematic. So you know, like, Mexican restaurants in London? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So you've gone into one of them, and it's like a chain casual dining restaurant, and you've ordered something that has sausage in. This is that sausage. And it gives you explosive diarrhoea. They've never given me explosive diarrhoea. So we used to go to, me and James, when we lived in York, we used to go to this place called El Gringo's. (laughs) Which... (laughs) <laughs> which had um, 
It was so amazing. our friends were obsessed with this place. Yeah. Like they wanted us to go there all the time. And to be fair, it was amazing. It had no, it had no like health and safety warning in the window or anything like that. It had no rating. It was just this. It was in itself a wild west of restaurants. Like the guy would just come out and be like, "Oh, hey, hey, girl, here's some beers," and you'd be like, "Oh, thanks, mate. Cheers." I was never, even though I look like a ten-year-old boy even to this day, and I'm thirty. It. I was never ID'd in El Gringos. You couldn't pay with a card in El Gringos. And maybe, maybe that's what this this is. It's an El Gringo sausage. If you lived in York between like, I don't know, it closed in like 2009, I think. If you lived in York in the 2000s, then maybe you'll understand this was an El Gringo sausage. I think that's quite harsh. I think it's much better than an El Gringo sausage. Hey, there's nothing wrong with an El Gringo sausage. I never had diarrhea from an El Gringo sausage. Thank you for listening to Bangers. You can contact us at BangersPod on Twitter or BangersPodcast at gmail.com. Bye!